This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. With each passing week, it becomes increasingly clear that severe food shortages now are going to be inevitable, more or less worldwide. You say, what? Food shortages? We just got over COVID. Now they're trying to re- reiterate COVID and bring us back under masks and all kinds of uh, curtailment. And now you're talking about food shortage? Didn't we just have a great relief with the Supreme Court undoing Roe versus Wade? So why in the world would you talk about food shortages? Well, the reason we would talk about food shortages is because that indeed is a far more serious issue that the world is facing, even as we had a victory at the Supreme Court. The cost of agricultural inputs, such as diesel and fertilizers, is skyrocketing due to shortages, caused by a combination of intentional and coincidental events, and those costs are going to be reflected in consumer food prices coming this fall or next year. On top of that, there are mysterious fires that have been happening all over the U.S. at food production plants. That's right, food production plants. On top of that, we have the so-called bird flu outbreaks, and other inexplicable events are killing off livestock and destroying crucial infrastructure. In fact, since the end of April 2021, a year ago, at least 96 farms, food processing plants, and food distribution centers across the U.S. have been damaged or destroyed by fire. This is pretty amazing. An estimated 10,000 cattle also perished in Ulysses, Kansas. In mid-June 2022, In other words, it just happened. Under mysterious circumstances, 10,000 in one day. Some said it was due to heat prostration. Heat killed all 10,000 in one day? And then you combine these factors set up for guaranteed food shortages, food inflation, and then potentially famine in some places. And that has led, in May of this year, a number of experts started speaking about the inevitability of coming food shortages. In fact, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, warned of the specter of a global food shortage in coming months unless international action is taken. And The Economist magazine featured, quote, the coming food catastrophe, unquote, on its cover. What do they know that you don't know? What do they know or think they know that we don't know? And then, at the Economic Forum, meeting in Davos, the managing director of the International Monetary Fund said that the anxiety about access to food at a reasonable price globally is hitting the roof. And then in March of 2022, this year, 
President Biden told reporters that food shortages are going to be real. How did he know that? What did he know that you didn't know? And together, Russia and Ukraine account for as much as 12% of all globally traded calories in the world, making the timing of the conflict a particularly perilous one for the world. Is it all about Putin? Is it all about Ukraine? No, that's only 12%. Historic drought plagues many parts of the world, including the U.S. Midwest, Brazil, Argentina, North Africa, the Middle East, and India right now. At the same time, China's agricultural lands are drowning under the heaviest rains in 60 years. What's going on? Is there anything that we should be aware of here, and why should we be aware of it? It's not just what is happening, but it is why it is happening and how you and I should respond. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation as always as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And we can say that because, you see, when we present information here on this program, it is for a purpose. It is not that you be informed, but that it's you and I be transformed as a result of having been informed. In other words, the information should lead to action, should lead to a change of mind, a change of heart, a response that is consistent with the word, the will, and the ways of God as given in his word and prompted by his Holy Spirit. So again, I welcome you aboard. We are confronting the deepest issues of America's and the world's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. So how bad would the food shortage get? And do we have any indication in the Bible that this is something that we should have anticipated. Well, indeed, we do. In fact, it's quite clear. In Matthew chapter 24, which is called the Olivet Discourse, Jesus spoke to his disciples after responding to them that one of the key characteristics of these end times would be deception He then began to talk about wars and rumors of wars and so on that would be the beginning of sorrows. Now, included in that were famines and earthquakes in many places. Plagues, famines, and earthquakes in many places. Would you consider the coronavirus to have been a plague? I think it would be an accurate way to describe it. Did it happen in many places? Yes, they claim it happened on almost every nation of the world. So, we have that. We have earthquakes. Was there not just a great earthquake in Afghanistan that killed, who knows, uh, 1,300 people at least? Earthquakes everywhere. Over the past uh, 20-some years, there's been a multiplicity of major earthquakes that have killed many, many, many people. But these are not the fullness of the representations of, shall we say, the great tribulation. These are just the beginning of sorrows, Jesus said. And among those is famine. You may also recall 
that in the book of Revelation, we have the account of the four horses of the apocalypse. One of those horses is described as the horse representing famine all over the earth. Famine. Now, if there's famine all over the earth, what might people do in response? Does that not create pressure? What is needed more is water. And the second greatest need is not guns. It's food. So if water and food are in a shortage, what do you think the consequences might be over the earth? We need to talk about that here on Viewpoint today, and we will. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. I received a piece from Pastor Butch uh, Paw uh, containing an article uh, called How Bad Will the Food Shortage Get? And uh, so I'm sharing some excerpts from that as we open the program here today. But here is, here's the next question. How bad will it get? Well, it's difficult to predict just how bad it will get in any given area, It seems safe to say that everyone should prepare for some degree of food shortages, regardless of where you live. As we're staring at a perfect storm of confounding factors that are global in nature and therefore can cause far-reaching and somewhat unpredictable ripple effects. But it may be that we think, well, that could never happen in America. Don't you realize we're the most prosperous wealthiest country in the world, it couldn't happen here. We'll talk about that aspect. It's called normalcy bias. So prevalent is that thinking that we actually did a complete program some uh, some months ago called normalcy bias. You want to go back and look at it right there on our website, saveus.org. Well, this whole issue, according to one observer, is seismic. In other words, it's earth-shaking. This uh, foreboding of global famine is earth-shaking. Russia and Ukraine's transformation into breadbaskets of the world was the agricultural miracle of the last sort of 30 years, she said, invalidating cataclysmic predictions made by people of other, uh, the Club of Rome and so on. She says, to take that supply, Russia and Ukraine supply, off the market, it's not an inconsequential fuel to the fire, she said. In other words, it's adding fuel to to a fire that is already existing. So for for, uh, Joe Biden or anyone else to say, well, this is Putin's famine, is actually unrealistic and untrue. Daniel Greenfield with the Gatestone Institute International Policy Council said 
that globalization has left the United States extremely vulnerable as globalization globalizes the ineptitude of the global order. Oh, now we have something new introduced to the famine issue, globalization. We're not talking here, Mr. Greenfield is not talking about the fact that the famine may be global. He's talking about the concept of globalization that the New World Order folk are urging, moving, trying to steer us into, is actually unable to deal with these kinds of situations and is actually creating them. The globalization of the ineptitude of the global order. So, we're told not to panic, so what should we do? Well, we'll talk about what we should do later in the program, so I hope you will stay tuned. We'll get into that in a bit. Before we go further, I want to reintroduce to you my latest book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Why, in the course of talking about famine, a move toward global famine, would we discuss that? Because it has everything to do with the New World Order. It has everything to do with globalization. You see, they have to have a global problem in order to have a global solution. And that's precisely the issue. Is this problem being either created or exacerbated intentionally by global leaders in order to set up another crisis like COVID to be seized and solved by catapulting the entire world even the more so into the new world order. I believe it is. And there are many others that believe that as well. If that be true, then there's going to come a moment when somebody or some bodies are going to unite together to present what they purport to be the final solution to solve all of these great problems, and that is we must have a global government, we must get rid of all of your access to property, we must get have a great reset, we must change the whole economy, we must change the whole food train uh, chain, we must change all of these things through a great reset. There's no need for a great reset unless you perceive the need for the great reset. And that's what it's all about, perceiving the need. And the need must be created. Are you listening? Who do you think is likely to be called upon to be the kingpin for introducing the solution to all things, to all crises bad? It's the counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist, who is perceived to be the embodiment of all wisdom for the moment. Are you beginning to get the picture? These things are moving inexorably toward the revelation of that individual known as the counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist. Now, 
we're told by the Apostle Paul in the book of Thessalonians that before he is revealed for who he is, before he's revealed for who he is, there's going to be a great falling away. And that's exactly what's happening. It's happening all over America. It's happening all over the world. A great falling away of professing Christians from their alleged faith. It's happening from pulpit to pew. People who were revered pastors and leaders falling away. Exactly how Jesus, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, and so on, spoke of it. That's why Jesus said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. In other words, he that is faithful to the end, come what may, whether you can eat or not, whether you can drink or not, whether you can uh, have your car or not, he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now that's the, the overarching picture that the Bible portrays. Now, in the midst of these shortages, in the midst of these things, can we or should we trust God? Absolutely we should. But God has not promised deliverance on the earth to every single person who professes his name. He does give us the hope of eternal salvation, the promise of eternal salvation, if we're faithful. But there were many who had to undergo terrible persecution, terrible problems, deprivation of food, wandered in the desert. Read about them in the last half of the book of of Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter. Read about them. Read about them in Fox's book of martyrs. Now, That having been said, I want to urge you to get a copy of Antichrist. How do I identify the coming imposter? This book will help to set the stage for you for all that is coming upon the earth, for why it is coming, for how this particular individual will gain dominion, and how you and I need to respond. You see, it's not just about him. It's about you. It's about me. That's why God gives us these warnings. That's why God tells us what is going to take place, because he wants you and me to be prepared. That's what it's about. So the book, $22, on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box seven. 7- 0879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll do that so that you can be better prepared. You see, it's not just about preparing food on the table. It's about preparing. The greater preparation is preparing your mind and heart. That's what American Christians are not doing. That's what our pastors, by and large, are not doing for their people not preparing their mind and heart for the times that are coming or that are already here. And we're just not recognizing them because we have normalcy bias. Okay, it's interesting that from the Jerusalem Post, from a Jewish viewpoint, 
they also are sharing this idea that what is happening right now in our world is a revelation of the powerful Old Testament image of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They say the Old Testament image. We look at it in the book of Revelation. They're looking at it in the book of Ezekiel. Interestingly, of those four horsemen, I'm looking at this uh, four-page article from the Jerusalem Post that came out uh, today, uh, actually yesterday, on October 2021, in October 2021, the heads of states meeting in Rome at the G20 Supply Chain Resilience at the, at the G20 Supply Chain Resilience Conversation was often discussed as a key point to combat Chinese aggression. Most heads of states then were worried about electronics and chips, which were China's domain. No one then, in October of 2021, seemed to be alarmed about food except for the Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, and the World Food Program's WFP often ignored warning of drought, a drought and famine in Afghanistan, Yemen, and the Horde of Africa. So this writing coming from Israel, we are almost at the third horseman, famine. The world and Europe are on the brink of probably the toughest summer they have faced in generations. Another worrying factor they said, is that while hunger may impact Europe relatively less due to the EU's financial resilience, there is a risk that hunger in Africa will force increased mass migration to Europe by sea, whether food is available in Africa or not. Raising costs or rising costs will create economic or natural famines in what seems to be already a very hot summer, forcing Africans to head to Europe in unprecedented numbers. Well, to some extent, that's what we see happening on our southern border, isn't it? They claim that they're coming here not just for asylum. They're coming here really to try to find a better place for their families because things are pretty tough. Maybe they're going to get tougher. Maybe they're going to get tougher. And I'm not saying that this is something that we should allow into our country. But I am saying these are the realities that we're dealing with even as we speak. According to the current head of the United Nations, UN General Secretary Antonio Guterres, the current situation with Russia, along with other factors, has the potential of creating an unprecedented global hunger crisis that could prove to be a catastrophe. That is a direct quote, a catastrophe. Well, that doesn't sound like just some minor problem. That doesn't sound like something that's just going to impact the Horn of Africa or uh, some other isolated places on the planet. It sounds like it's something that's going to impact everybody. Now, is this happening in America? That's the next question. Is this kind of thing happening in America? And if so, what does it look like? How is this being set up as we speak? Well, today, 
This report came from the Western Journal. Large chicken producer abruptly announces closure of U.S. plant, catching locals off guard. One of the nation's largest integrated chicken producers will be shutting down one of its plants in Tennessee. Georgia's Inc. announced it would be closing its Carryville food processing plant. It would jeopardize the livelihoods of around 200 of the company's employees during a time of record high inflation, soaring gas prices, according to the news. What's going on? Why would they be closing down their plant? Is there something dark and nefarious happening with America's food supply? Maybe there is. That's what we want to look at in the next segment. Stay tuned, friends. You're listening to the There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Something nefarious happening. That's the question. I didn't make this up. Is something dark and nefarious happening with America's food supply? We're going to have to answer that ourselves. You and I are going to have to answer that ourselves as we take heed to the actual facts that are taking place that you will not likely hear much on the news media. Why will you not hear about it? Because it will not look good for Joe Biden. If it doesn't look good for Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, you will not hear about it on CNN. You'll not hear about it on MSNBC. You likely might not even hear about it on Fox News because they're becoming more and more liberal. Selling out to the globalistic spirit. Early this month, another major food company announced it would shut one of its plants in the country. Citing high business costs and strict regulations in California, Smithfield Foods announced on June 10th that it would close its Vernon, California plant and decrease its operations not only in California, but in Utah and Arizona. George's is one of the nation's oldest poultry companies dating back to the 1920s. The company deals in packaged chicken for retail, fully cooked products, such as burgers and sausage patties and food service. 
While specializing in poultry, the company has also been working to diversify its offerings, according to its website, but now it's closing. As these companies, these major, major companies are closing their doors, what do you think it is happening? What effect is that happening at the grocery store? What effect is it going to happen in your town, in your community, in your pocketbook? And how about going beyond just the pocketbook and looking at the actual availability of food? You see, there's an interconnection between the pocketbook and the availability of food. For some who have major money, oftentimes they are able to find things to eat or to survive that people who have lesser money are not able to find. So there is an interconnection between economic factors and whether or not food is available. But that's not all. Listen, this report came from Israel today. 25 mysterious fires at food processing plants across the U.S. But that's not the whole title. Here's the rest of the title. End of day's food shortage. End of day's food shortage. Why would such a title be coming from Israel? Are they seeing the end of days? Are they seeing that this is something presaging the coming of Messiah? Maybe, just maybe, this is indicating why the Lord inspired me to write the next book that is coming out in just a month. Messiah. Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. There's a growing anticipation, friends. Yes, even in Israel, that what we're seeing on the ground, including this manna, manna of, uh, <clears throat> not manna, we're not seeing manna, we're seeing the lack of manna. We're seeing food shortage being promised, actually, by our president and by world pontificators, it is coming. Whether by happenstance, circumstance, or creation, in order to advance the cause of global control. <clears throat> so let's take a look at this report. From Israel. As more food processing plants burn down, the prophecy of pre-messianic food shortages looms more imminent. Though labeled a conspiracy theory, the facts remain undeniable. Prices are rising as supply chain problems persist and food becomes dear. The story comes in the wake of a presidential prediction that food shortages were about to become a reality. President Biden made a gaffe that it made it seem that the food shortages were, in fact, planned. Now, remember, this is not coming from the Republican Party. This is not coming from some wild-eyed, far, far, far-right political uh, angler 
No, this is coming from Israel. In fact, you would not be likely to hear anything like this coming in America because our news, no matter how conservative you might think it is, would never even think of publishing something like this. It had to come from Israel. So, President Biden made a gaffe that made it seem that the food shortages were in fact planned. He said we had a long discussion in the G7 with the, well, with both the United States, which has a significant, like the third largest producer of wheat in the world, as well as Canada, which is also a major, major producer. And we talked about how we could increase and disseminate more rapidly food and food shortages. How we could disseminate more rapidly food and food shortages. Disseminate food shortages? Now, he said that at NATO headquarters in Brussels on March 24th. But that video has been removed by Facebook. In fact, the transcript of that address has also been altered slightly. I wonder why. Was it a slip of the tongue or a mistake? Or was it what we call a Freudian slip that actually revealed the truth unintentionally? While Biden blamed Russia, fires cropped up all over the U.S. in food production facilities. Despite Biden's deflection, many of the fires occurred before the conflict in Ukraine even began. Now, we're going to go through some of these. It may seem like we're going to go through them ad nauseum, but I think it's important that we see how this is taking place. On Saturday evening, a fire broke out at the Purdue Farms facility in South Norfolk area of Chesapeake, North Carolina. Ten days ago, a small plane crashed within a mile of the runway of the Covington, Georgia Municipal Airport, hitting a General Mills food supply or facility. On Sunday, it was being reported that nearly a dozen wildfires had just roared through key agricultural areas of Nebraska. In the middle of the night, on March 23rd, a fire broke out on the roof of the General Mills food processing plant in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. On March 28th, Maricopa Food Pantry, a local food bank in Arizona, lost 50,000 pounds worth of food in a fire that occurred just 15 minutes after their food bank closed. Fifteen thousand pounds of meat and forty thousand pounds of canned goods and other commodities were lost in the blaze. On March thirty first, a structure fire significantly damaged a large portion of the Rio Fresh Onion Packing Facility in San Juan, Texas. It was the largest fresh onion packaging facility in the region. On April twelfth, a major fire broke out at the New Hampshire's East Conway Beef and Pork Slaughterhouse. On April thirteenth, The Taylor Farms California Food Service Production Facility in Salinas, California, burned almost entirely to the ground. The facility employed nearly 1,000 people. On April 14th, a small plane crashed into the Gem State Food Processing Plant in Hayburn, Idaho. 
The company describes itself as processing 18,000 acres worth of potatoes each year. On April 19th, notice how almost every day or every other day, another one of these is occurring. Is this happenstance? On April 19th, the headquarters of Azure Standard, the nation's premier independent distributor of organic and healthy food, was destroyed by fire. The company released a statement that due to the destruction, the company will experience out-of-stock status for Azure Market oils, honey, and vinegar, basically any Azure Market liquid product. On March 24th, 2022, a fire destroyed the Penobscot McCrum potato processing plant in Belfast, Maine. On March 16th, 2022, according to Kate, K-A-I-T, a fire caused extensive damage to a new production line dedicated to Hot Pockets at a Nestle plant in Jonesboro, Arkansas. On March 16th, a major fire hit the 1.2 million square foot Walmart Fulfillment Center in Plainfield, Indiana. On February 22nd, 2022, a propane boiler explosion caused a fire that destroyed the Shearer's Food Potato Chip Plant in Northeast Oregon. On February 3rd, 2022, according to NBC in Madison, Wisconsin, a fire destroyed part of the Wisconsin River meat site in Boston. On January 13th, 2022, according to KALB, an explosion and fire damaged the Cargill Neutrina plant in Leconte, Louisiana. On January 6, 2022, a fire did extensive damage to a poultry processing plant in Hamilton, Ontario. On December 13, 2021, a fire broke out at a food processing plant in San Antonio, Texas. On November 29, 2021, a fire broke out at the Made Right Steak Company meat processing plant in Scott Township, Lackawanna County, Pennsylvania. And on and on it goes. We're not going to read any more of these. They keep going on. Snopes claim none of these could have happened by arson. It's just commonplace, really. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. All right, today on Viewpoint, we're taking a look at the development of what world leaders are describing as a coming catastrophic famine sweeping the earth. In other words, a global famine. 
Is this what Jesus was foretelling in Matthew chapter 24, his Olivet Discourse, as part of the beginning of sorrows before Christ's return? Is this what he was talking about? I mean, what we're seeing here is people, leaders all over the world, at a time of globalism, at a time when the world leaders are gathering together to try to force the entire globe, especially the Western world, the resurrecting Roman Empire, Europe, South America, North America, Canada, all of, uh, of these Western countries, which are the inheritors of the ancient Roman Empire, to force them all into a global government. They contend that it's the only way for us to save ourselves. It's the only way to save the planet. Of course, the next pressure point is climate control. So you have all of these pressure points. You have COVID, health, then they're announcing that there's going to be another pandemic shortly. How did Joe Biden know that? Who told him that? Who told Bill Gates there's going to be another pandemic within a couple of years? No. These things are being prepared for a reason. To usher the world under force or threat of force through crises that must be seized in order to compel every man woman and child, into a new world order, the resurrection of Babel. Babylon. The spirit of Babylon that will demand also a one world religion that is being prepared as we speak, of which the Pope is part of, is assisting to facilitate openly and notoriously. All of these things are happening at once. All within a very, very short period of time. Now here is what the article concludes from Israel. It was titled, 25 Mysterious Fires at Food Processing Plants Across the U.S. End of Days Food Shortage. Global famine is described as a precursor to the Messianic era. The Talmud describes a precise schedule of increasing famine based upon the seven-year Shemitah, or sabbatical cycle, that presages the Messiah. We're not going to go into that any more deeply. Those are the words coming from Israel today. Then came this. 40 million birds destroyed. 40 million birds destroyed. Where? In the United States. This report came June 24th, Friday of this year. 40 million chickens and turkeys. Even wild mammals. Destroyed. 
How do you think that affects food, food prices? In addition to all the fires, are you beginning to see the confluence now? It's not any one of these things individually. It's the confluence of them that are setting the stage for something that is much bigger than any of them by themselves. So it did not surprise me when this article came with this title, Food Crisis Being Engineered by the Deep State. Key globalist deep state operatives such as Henry Kissinger, New World Order Henry Kissinger, have flirted with the idea of food shortages as a population control weapon for generations. The goals are clear. Now, thanks to deliberate policy decisions taken by deep state, deep state controlled governments and organizations, a true food crisis of global proportions is emerging. It's a bid to centralize control over the food supply and ultimately the population of the planet. Do you agree with that? That's the viewpoint coming from Alex Newman. We know the food companies are burned. We know 40 million just in the United States of chickens and turkeys have met their intentional demise because of alleged avian flu. We know that we're told that grain shortage is increasing such pressure already in Africa that people are dying. India, one of the greatest grain producers in the world, has indicated they will not ship any grain outside their country. They have 1.1 billion people. They won't ship any grain out of their country. Ukraine's grain has been held, cannot get out, because Russia has closed off the ports. Russia's grain is going to China. America's grain is being curtailed by regulations in our country by the Biden administration. So how is the world going to be fed? Now that brings up two more things that we need to talk about. One is called normalcy bias. It's the idea in our minds that it can't happen here. That it couldn't happen to me. It couldn't happen in my town. It couldn't happen here. Why? Because it's never happened before. So it couldn't happen here. It's kind of a normal way of thinking here in America, isn't it? In other countries, they have experienced famine, they have experienced shortages, they have experienced this, they have experienced water shortage, and so on. But in America, not really so much. 
It's just talk. So we've developed an astounding ability to ignore the red flags because we say it can't happen here or it can't happen to me. We've cultivated almost an amazing ability to disregard the warning signs because we're too civilized to pay attention to them, right? Yet, there are still people who deny anything bad could ever happen to our nation that it can't happen here in spite of all the facts to the contrary. Right now, things seem to be pretty good, relatively speaking. But underneath, you can feel this sort of ominous rumbling. Something perceptive people detected many years ago that all is not right in our country and in many other places in the world. Something is something not so good is heading our way. In other words, it is happening here, but it's just happening more slowly, more relatively imperceptibly. All right, so what do we do? What do we do in response? First of all, the first thing you have to do, this is more important than any other kind of preparation. You must bring yourself, your children, your grandchildren, uh, pastors, your people, to face these facts. In other words, overcome the normalcy bias, not because you want to introduce fear, but because you want to build their faith, to be able to stand in the evil day. If you do not do that and seize the moment now to do it, it will be too late. To wait until the normalcy bias has been, the floods have come over the normalcy bias and we no longer perceive normalcy bias is too late. Too late to say you're sorry. Now is the time. That's why here on Viewpoint, over and over again, we've been doing this 27 years and gradually increasing the ante, so to speak, to plea with God's people particularly. God's warnings are to his warmest audience, those who profess to be his followers. Yet we don't listen. Just like ancient Israel, we don't listen. So Jesus, just before his crucifixion, looking over Jerusalem, he lamented. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that persecutest the prophets. In other words, you that have rejected my word, my warnings, my wooings, you've rejected them over and over and over and over and over again for thousands of years. You've just rejected them and you've rejected me. How I would have gathered you together. Some of you will say, oh, yeah, well, that's fine for you. And there's going to come a day when you'll rue the day that you said that. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Now, what else can we do in a practical way? First of all, we have to assess our surroundings, our situation personally, our families, where we are. We have to make sure we have water. Potable water means to purify less than ideal water supplies. And you can look into how to do that. Have a rain barrel connected to your gutter spout. That's a good idea. 
You can use it to water your garden. You can use it for a lot of reasons. Next, buy shelf-stable and non-perishable foods in bulk, as you can get them. Freeze-dried foods, for example, have a shelf life of 25 years or more. Canned foods can also be good. They don't last as long as other things. But look into those things. Don't go into it in a fear-mongering way. You're going to make reasonable preparations in case of the emergency of shortages. Do today what you can do today. Energy backups. Prepare for eventual energy shortages. Brownouts, uh, complete shutdown of the power grid. Consider different kinds of power backups. Um, and, you know, don't, don't make a fetish of it. Some people go into this kind of thing more than others. But do your research as you're able, within your financial ability, let's prepare today. Give some thought to it. Cooking backups. Going to need to be able to cook water and food. So, look into what kind of temporary cooking arrangements you can make. Start a garden. Learn some basic skills. Now, remember, the Great Reset includes the recreation of the global food system. They intend for the current food system to fall apart so that they then can solve the problem by introducing a new system based on patented, lab-grown, synthetic, and genetically engineered foods along with your digital identity and a programmable, centralized digital currency to track not only what you eat, but everything also that you do. The end game is total global population control and spiritual control. So prepare. Get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify This Incoming Impossible. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Call us on 800-SAVE-USA and seriously consider becoming a partner. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.